It's Father's Day, you know, and it's, it's uh, for some fathers, it's a great day. And for other fathers, it's, sometimes it's a little sad, you know, and sometimes even if you're a mother here and you're the head of the household and your husband or, you know, is not around, sometimes, you know, it's, it's a little sad day. And uh, because sometimes in this, in this day and age, sometimes we look at fathers and sometimes maybe they're just like a breadwinner or they're just uh, a, a person within the household, but they have no real authority. They have no real say-so within, within uh, the home. And as I was listening to my sister, uh, as she was talking, I said, well, she just stole my message. I might as well just sit down. But, you know, in, in this day and age, you know, we see families, you know, that are falling apart. Children are torn, uh, you know, because of their parents and, and their child abuse. And there's shattered families all around, uh, all around the world. And unfortunately, sometimes it's in churches. And, uh, and sometimes we think that maybe that it's a sign, maybe that it's, it's the end of the world or it's the end times. But as we look through scriptures, we find out is that not only that we have problems, but that people back in the old times had the same problems, had the same things. And so this is, I want to go ahead and share this morning. And it's about a warrior. I want to speak to you today about a warrior. And if you want to open up your Bibles, it's the book of 2 Samuel chapter 23. Again, let me say it. I'm, I'm uh, truly honored to come and, and speak behind uh, this pulpit. Uh, this pulpit has, uh, has, has a lasting legacy, yes. amen, in, uh, in Victor Outreach and, and also within, within our family. So uh, I, uh, I'm truly honored. Second Samuel chapter 23. If you have it, say amen. If you don't have it, say wait. All right, let me pray before I begin. Father, Lord, I come before you, Lord, right now in the name of your son, Jesus. Father, Lord, I pray, Lord, your anointing, Lord, will be upon my mind, Lord, and my heart, Lord, and my lips, Lord, so that your word may come out, Father. Lord, this morning, Lord, we need a fresh word from you, Father, Lord, not a word, Lord, that, is, that has been spoken, Lord, over and over, Father, Lord, but we need a fresh, fresh word, Lord, from you, Lord, this morning. And I pray, Father, Lord, that you, Lord, not only have, Lord, your anointing upon my life, Lord, but upon, Lord, this congregation, Lord, that, that we may listen, Lord, to what you have for us this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. Second Samuel chapter 23. We're going to read verses. We're going to read two verses. And this is about a warrior. And this is verse number 11 and verse 12. And this is what it says. It says, and after him was Shammah, the son of A.G., the Herorite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a peace of ground full of lentils or full of peas. And so the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. And so the Lord brought about a great victory. Amen. That's what I want to share about these two, about these two scriptures. And there was this, there was this man, his name was Shammah. And this morning I do have, uh, I gave one of the ushers, or I gave him a, a, a little Little thing that I want to have. Uh, if, you, if you're a father, I want you to go ahead and raise your hand. And one of the ushers is going to go ahead and, uh, and give you a little peapot. But don't eat it. Amen. Don't eat it. You got to wait. Amen. And even if you're the head of a household, you can go ahead and raise your hand and, and they'll give you one too. 
Amen. The title of my message is called Dads Stay in the Pea Patch. Dads Stay in the Pea Patch. I had to think of a clever title because Steve just had like so many like just incredible titles, you know. So, um, so I just thought I'd come and, and, uh, and remember to give him a title. Amen. Dads Stay in the Pea Patch. Now, this story is one about David's mighty men, and he has a warrior. No, you can just put him down in. And um, this is a group of highly trained soldiers who fought with David and aided him in his victories. And uh, there's many great exploits in this whole chapter. But I want to talk to you uh, about this one man. His name was Shammah. And the Bible says is that, as, as described him, is that he was a man that stood in a field of peas and defended the land against the Philistines. And it says when all the people came, it says everybody ran away. It says and what happened is that only one man stayed and his name was Shammah. He stood in a field of peace and he won a great, he won a great victory. And this morning I want to go ahead and share on a couple aspects of his life or his time and, and see how we can relate that to us this morning. Now in verse 11... It says, and after him was Shammah, the son of A.J., the Herorite. And the Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a field, where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. Now, what this, what this tells us is that this was a time of great busyness for, for the, the Israelites. In other words, is that, is that there was, this was a time of harvest. This was a time where there was a field of peas and it was completely ready for harvest. It, this was a busy time. This was a time where, where, where they were working, they were getting ready, they had been worked, and they had worked, and they had worked, and they were ready to go ahead and get the harvest. But what happens is that when, there is, when, there, when we become real busy within our lives, and I look at that as fathers, fathers, sometimes we can become so busy within our lives, and, we, and because we're plowing, we're doing this, we're doing all kinds of things, that we sometimes neglect some things. But the first thing that I want to go ahead and, and uh, share with Juan Shama is number, is, number one is, dads, you must lead your family. You must lead your family. 1 Corinthians 11, chapters three, uh, uh, chapter 11, verses 3 to 10, it says, Now I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is man. I know some of the women, they block out that scripture, but it, it's, it, it, believe it, it's, it's in there. It says, every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. And every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. As, as, as though her head were shaved. But if a woman does not cover her head, she would have her hair cut off. And it is a disgrace for a woman to have her hair cut off or shaved off. But in verse 7 it says, a man ought not to cover his head since he is the image and glory of God. But the woman is the glory of man. You see, and so fathers, we have a very unique position within the family unit because the blessings come through the father within the household. The blessings come through the father, but also disgrace and also disunity and everything also comes through the father. See, everything comes through the father within the household. Now, I know is that my, I have a son, he's 26, and my daughter is 23. And, and uh, the, the, for me, the greatest time and raising them is when they were small. It's when they were small. Because they would listen to you. You know, you spank them and, you know, send them to the room. And, and, man, it was just an absolute great time. Absolute great time. Then, 
Unfortunately, they grow up. You know, when, you know, when, I, when, I, wasn't, when I wasn't married, I used to pray, Lord, says, don't come until I get married. I at least want to, you know, I want to be married. And then when I got married, I said, okay, now, Lord, now I want to have two kids. And I want to have a boy and I want to have a girl. Right? And guess what? I had a boy and I had a girl. And then I said, now, Lord, I want you to come before they grow up. <laughs> and what happens is that as they become teenagers and now as they become young adults, the hardest thing, I think, as a father is to see your kids and see their lives and, and sometimes see the mistakes that they're doing and you can't do nothing about it. All you can do is pray. All you can do is pray. That's why as fathers, you've got to do your homework when they're small. You can't wait till they're old. I mean, if, if you've gotten saved once they're old, well, then that's okay. But if you, if you have little children, that is the best place to start when they are very, very little. You see, because, because the, the position of the father is very, very valuable within the home. Sometimes in this day and age, we look at feminism and they think that fathers are, are non-existent. You can just go to a, a sperm bank and become a father. And really, really, I would like to call this day Happy Dad's Day. Happy Dad's Day, because really anybody can be a father, but it takes a special man to be a dad. It takes a special man to be a dad. And I look, and, and uh, I remember one of the saddest stories I ever heard was about a father who was going to drop his child off in the daycare, and on the way to work, he forgot that his child was in the car, and he went to work, and then it was, it was hot and heat, and the baby died. And I know that we've heard that before. And I look... And I says, you know, well, what other things have fathers forgotten to do? What other things has father forgotten to do? Some, see, sometimes as fathers, sometimes as fathers, we forget to discipline our kids. We allow that to happen to our wives. We allow that to, to give that to our wives, you know. Or when our kids come up to us and say, Daddy, can I do that? He says, go ask your mom. Go ask your mom. Where are the dads? The buck stops with us. We got nowhere else to go. Your kids have nowhere else to go. So we need to discipline our kids in the right way. Also, sometimes we can become workaholics so that we don't have to mess with the kids. We don't have to mess with the family, so we become workaholics. Also, you can become a churchaholic. You see, you can be working so much within the church that you neglect your family. You can, you can, you can and I tell you, sometimes we think that because working for God or working for this or doing that or doing that, you know what? God is going to go ahead and take care of your kids. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. We as fathers have the responsibility to take care of our kids, our children. God put them with us. Sometimes we're preoccupied with sports or preoccupied with working out. As you see, that's been my problem. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes within our life, you know, that, that I look as us as, as fathers... And I tell you, it's, it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing being his father. But one of the greatest things that has helped me within my life has been my wife. My wife. When I turn and I walk away, my wife does, did nothing for, for 26 years that we had our kids. Has done nothing but, but give praise to me with the kids. She doesn't talk about me with her mother and says, what a no good bum he is. And then when I come home, everything is absolutely fine. That the kids don't hear two sides of the story. The kids don't hear two sides. And it's because my wife has been there all along, 
has, has been supporting me and has been, and, and has been right behind in everything that we've done in the, in the last 28 years. You know, and I thank God for that. And so, and so if you're going to, if you're, I guess if we go back, to be a father, pick the right wife. Amen? Pick the right wife. So I look at Shammah. Shammah led. It says, Shammah led. It says, when there was, when there was, uh, when there was all the Philistines came, Shammah led. I, I even think that he may have been the first Mexican in the Bible. <laughs> because Mexicans, we fight for our food. Amen? In other words, there was nine of us kids, and we were all sitting around the table. You have to fight for your food in order to eat. Otherwise, you ain't going to eat. So, so I look, and, and I see Shammah, and I says, you know, it says, but he stationed himself in the middle of the field. He stationed himself in the middle of the field. Here was a warrior. Here was David's, one of David's mighty men, and he had three of them, three guys that really stood with him. And one of them was Shammah. And so when, I, when, I, when the Philistines were to come and steal this field of, of, of peas and just demolish it so they wouldn't eat, Shammah got mad. Shammah got mad. And he said, you know what? He says, that's not going to happen. And I don't think, I don't think that Shammah, that, that when the Philistines were coming, I don't think Shammah took off and his wife said, no, 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 no. You go back there and you go fight for our field. See, I don't think his wife told him that. See, he was a warrior. He was a mighty man and he was a leader. He led his family. So when the Philistines were going to come, what did he do? It says he stationed himself in the middle of the field. And so I look at that and I says, you know what? This man provided for his family. This man provided for his family. He knew that there was something worth fighting for. He knew that if they had no food, what would happen? You see, because when you get, when, I thought, when, you, when you begin to fast... You know, and you begin to, like, go without food within your household. You know, sometimes you hallucinate on you know, different things, and th things start happening. And what happens is that I seen Shema, and, and I seen it says, you know what? There was a field of peas that he was said, you know what? I'm going to stand right in the middle. You know what? This field is worth fighting for. This field of peas is worth fighting for. This morning I ask you, what is your field of peas? What is your field of peas that you're going to say, I am going to fight for? Is it your family? Is it your kids? Are you, is your kids worth fighting for? Are you willing to come and stand against the enemy when everything comes against you? Are you willing to stand there and fight? And are you willing to stand there when the odds are against you? When the odds are against you. And, and I look at that, and you know what the odds are against you? In your mailbox when the bills come. And you're standing there, and all your bills, and you can line up all your bills like that. And you're standing in your field of peas and you say, man, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. Why don't I book out? See, and I know fathers that have booked out. I know fathers, you know, that have not stood there in the field of peas ready to withstand against the enemy. And we all have different enemies. It could be bills. You know, what could be? It could be your job. Your boss don't like you, so you're ready to quit. And you have no backup. You know, what, what is it as, as fathers that we have to decide, you know what? I am going to lead, and I'm going to stand, and I'm going to provide for my family. Amen. See, because why does Shema fight? He knew what was important. He knew that his family was important. He stood there against a bunch of Philistines. And so he said, you know what? I may get killed. But you know what? What's behind me, is it worth it? Is it worth getting killed? Is it worth dying for? 
Is it worth getting up early in the morning and going to work? Is it worth working overtime? Is it worth, you know, doing your best? Is it worth it? Is your kids and is your family worth it? Are, are they actually the ones that, are, that, that you can go ahead and fight for? See, we have to understand that and we have to know that. And I tell you, your, your church is also worth fighting for. It is. Your church is worth fighting for. We got to fight. We got to fight against the enemy. We got to fight. You know, we got to fight for the lost. If you think that the devil's going to throw out the red carpet when you go and evangelize and says, yeah, here, go ahead. Just take as many as you want. No, he's going to fight. As soon as you leave here and you have lunch, right, your, your, your body is going to fight against you. You're going to just want to relax. You know, want to watch soccer game. You know, for those who are in soccer, I mean. And he's going to want you to just relax. And he's, and the devil's going to come and he's going to sit right by you, put his arm around you and say, you know what? You're a good dad. Today's Father's Day. You know, you don't have to go out and do things like that. You know, come on. You know, you worked all week long. Relax. Kick back. It's your day. You know? And so, so in other words, is that different things at different times within our life, the enemy will come and he'll sit right behind you and he'll pat you on the back. Why? So that you will not stand and you will not fight. That you will sit down on a recliner on the side and let the Philistines come and take over your peace. But see, this is what it says in 1 Timothy 5.8. It says, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You see, and, and, uh, and I look and I say, you know what? We cannot blame this. We cannot blame our situations also on the economy. Now, I know our economy is not in, the great, in, the, in a great state and doing things. But the Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed out begging for bread. So either the Bible's wrong or we're not doing something right. See, because one of us, one of us can't be right. You see, and so I look and I says, you know what? Yes, the economy is wrong. And yes, I look at Shammah and he looked at all the Philistines and he says, you know what? This ain't right. The numbers ain't right. I, you know, it's just not going to work out. But you know what? What did he do? He says he did it because he knew what he was fighting for. Another obstacle is says we must teach our family. And I know my sister mentioned that. We must teach our family. Proverbs 4.1, it says, listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. You know, one of the greatest scriptures that I've seen as a father is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 to 9. And it says, these commandments that I give you today are upon, be upon your hearts. And said, impress them to your children. Talk to them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And these are, these are things, these are biblical morals and biblical values that we need to have as fathers. And we need to teach them. We need to teach them. We, need, we, can't, just, we can't just be silent. We actually need to say something. We need to actually verbalize it with our children, verbalize it with our wife. We need, you know, we need to model as a father, we need to modelize our relationship with our wife so that our kids will be able to see that. And uh, our kids will be able to see that. Now in 26 years, or actually 28 years that we've been married, me and my wife have never had a big fight in front of our kids. Never. And that's not to say that that we don't, we don't argue or that, you know, we're a, perfect, we're a perfect marriage. No. 
My wife has tremendous amount of faults. No, I'm just kidding. No, she lives with me, so we know where the problem is. But this is, this is, this is the thing is that, is that I know is that we're not supposed to fight in front of our kids. We've never called each other names. We've never called each other names in front of our kids. Why is because I want to model for my children how they're supposed to treat their wives and their husband later on in life. You see, and this is, this is a, my dad, like my, uh, my sister said, my dad, great man. Great man was my baseball coach from when I was little all the way up and, and just did tremendous things within the community, within the church, within his job, uh, within his kids. First of all, he had nine kids and came home every day. I think that's a great thing, uh, just first of all. Nine kids and came home every single day. But my dad used to say one thing. My dad used to say, don't do as I do, do as I say. You know, and inside me, I was saying, uh-uh, I'm going to do exactly like you do. I'm going to do exactly like you do. And whether you like it or not, every father is a teacher. Every father is a teacher. Some are good teachers and some are bad. But every father is a teacher. And Proverbs 22 6 says, train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. Now, that's not a promise. But it is, it is a wisdom. Wisdom. And the last thing that I want to go ahead and share on was, was what was Shammah's reward? Again, I'm going to go back to the scripture. It says, and after him was Shammah, the son of A.G., the Herorite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of, of ground full of peas. So the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field. He defended it and killed the Philistines. And so the Lord brought about a great victory. You see, this is, this is what I want to close on. Is that as fathers, we will go ahead and we will defend the ground. As fathers, we need to stand there. And we need to fight. We need to be a warrior for what's behind us. See, we can't, put our, we can't put our wives in front, even though sometimes we want to. We can't put our wives in front. We can't even put our kids in front. The fathers have to be in the front. And we've got to be the one to fight. Our wife and our kids have to be behind us. We have to lead. We have to provide. We have to teach. And the, and, and the, the reward is, is that we're standing there and we're actually there and we stand there and we defend the ground, but who's the one who wins the victory? It says, God gave Shammah the strength. It says, God gave Shammah the strength and the victory over the Philistines to win the battle. When, when it comes time to it, we have to understand is that, you know what, it's not my battle, the battle's the Lord's. It's not my battle, the battle is the Lord's. You have to rely on God. You cannot rely on your strength. You cannot stand here and fight against the Philistines and fight against all your bills and thinking that you can make it. You can't fight against, against everything that comes against you in this world and think that you can make it by yourself. You cannot. You cannot. God has to be the one that is standing with you, inside you, beside you, in front of you, and back of you all around. God has to be the one that is around you that is going to give you the strength to go ahead and come against anything that the enemy comes against you. 
This story right here is a very short story of Shammah coming against the Philistines and protecting what he said, this is worth my life. This is worth everything to me. And I'm going to stand and I'm going to fight. I am a warrior for God. And this morning I call on you fathers that you have that same warrior instinct that Shammah did. And you say, you know what? I am going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for my wife. I'm not going to give up. I don't care where they are. Sometimes you turn and your kids may not be behind you. Your wife may not be behind you. But you say, I'm going to stand and I'm going to fight. And as you continue to do that, you will see your troops start gathering together from one side to the other. But you cannot take your eyes off the enemy. You cannot take your eyes and lose focus of where you're going. You have to have your vision. You have to have it written. You have to have it plain. You have to know exactly where you're going. You cannot have any kind of confusion. You know exactly what's happening. You know exactly what you're doing. So you can come against the enemy in the name of the Lord. And you cannot do it on your own. You have to do that with God. You know, and when you stand and when you fight, you will find, it says, train up a child in the, way he, in the way he should go, and in the end, he will not depart from it. In other, words, in other words, it doesn't matter if you're a pastor. It doesn't matter if you're a leader. It doesn't matter who you are in this world. Is that, is that when you start facing, when you start facing against the enemy, and you start warring against the enemy, the enemy comes, and the enemy tries to attack you from the sides. And then he tries to attack you from different sides. But you know what? I have to keep focused on what God has called me to do. I have got to stand and I've got to fight for my family and for my kids. And I've got to press forward. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter what happens. Because I know that if I keep my focus, God will take care of that focus. But I, go, go give the Lord a hand, amen. But I have to keep my focus. I have to keep my focus. You know, that, that I cannot let my wife distract me from doing the work of God. I cannot let my kids distract me from doing the work of God. I cannot, I cannot anybody, because nobody, nobody is more important than my focus on God. Nobody is more important than my relationship with God. I've got to have that as a father. If I lose my relationship, I've lost it all. Because then I have nothing with me to stand and here I am, if you think that I can stand against my bills and stand against the banks and the credit cards and all that stuff, and you think that I can stand against, against them, no, I don't. I can't. And believe me, I've tried. And you know what? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I got saved March 1st, 1974. And if it's one thing that I've learned, it says, I cannot do this on my own. I cannot do this on my own. This is not, this, this field that God has entrusted to me is, is for me as a warrior is to stand and to defend it. God has given each father here, each head of household, each dad here, a field of peace behind you. And when the Philistines are going to come and they're going to attack you, what are you going to do? Are you going to be a warrior that's going to go and stand in front? Or are you going to go ahead and let your wife or somebody else take it? See, I gave you those little peapods today. Because I want you to take them home and I want you to put them on top of your TV or put them under your mantle or put them somewhere. And I wanted, I wanted to remind you 
that who, where is your field of peace and are you going to defend it? Are you going to provide? Are you going to teach? Are you going to lead your family? Or are you going to get that peapot and just throw it on the toilet because you're going to give up? See, you've got to be able to stand. And I want this little peapot to be a reminder that you must lead. You must teach. You must provide. And you must stand there in front of the enemies. You cannot let it come past you. You are the head of the household. Nothing comes in my house unless it comes through me. No music. No DVDs. No computers. No passwords. None of that comes in my house unless it comes through me. And when my kids were living with me, if I didn't have their password, they had no computer access. None. Zero. It's all or nothing. This is not a, you know, we're, we're, we're not in a negotiation here. I'm the head of the household. I answer to God. I answer to God. And I'm sorry, God is a little bit more important than whether you want your secret MySpace page or not. You know, and so, so my relationship is with God, and I've got to stand in front of God and protect my field of peace. And at the end, when I stand before God, I said, you know what, God, I protected the field of peace that you've given me. Every single one of you have a different one. We don't have the same, but we have a field of peace. And this morning, I call on you, Father, and says, are you willing to stand? Maybe you haven't stood in the past. Maybe you've ran. Maybe you've let your wife take over for a little while. Maybe you relinquished, you relinquished your authority within your household and just given it up. And just given it up. Well, it's time to take it back. It's time to be the man. And it's time to stand up and to rise up and say, you know what? I'm going to take these two little scriptures of Shammah and that he stood there in a field of peace. He defended it. He killed the Philistines. And so the Lord brought about a great victory. This is a man that I want to stand with, Shema. He looked against the Philistines, and he stood there. And I pray that this morning you want to stand with Shema and defend against the Philistines in your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This morning you may be a father here, and you may just, maybe this is your first time, maybe you're just visiting but, you know, this has nothing to do with joining this church. Or this has nothing to do, you know, with, with we, we want you to, we want your money or we want anything. This has to do with your relationship with God. This has to do with, is God has given you a field of peace. God has given you a field that he wants you to protect. And maybe you have done it, maybe you haven't done it. But the greatest thing that you can do within your life is give your life to Jesus so that he can help you defend your, defend your field. You cannot make it on your own. The greatest thing that you can do is to accept Jesus Christ within your life and say, you know what, I need help within my life. I cannot make this on my own. I need someone to come and stand with me, beside me, in me, so that I can be the best father that I can. If that's you this morning and you say, you know what, I'm not saved. I don't know everything. I don't know a lot of things. But I do know that I need a Savior. I do know that I need the Lord within my life. 
And if that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you or nothing. Just raise your hand and we'll pray for you. God bless 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 you. Now, the second altar call is, is for the Christian fathers. And in Christian fatherhood, there's sometimes that we've relinquished our authority as father and just say, it's, you know, I'm just tired. I'm just tired and, and I need some help. And I look behind me and I have no help for my wife or I may not have help for my kids or they're not supporting me in the way that I want to. But sometimes it's because we've taken our eyes off focus of where we're supposed to be. Our eyes are focused on the Lord. And the battle is the Lord's. And you get tired because you're doing it on our own. We get weary because we're doing it on our own. We get lonely because we're doing it on our own. And sometimes as men, we don't want to go ahead and discuss any of our problems, any things. We don't want to discuss our bills, our wife problems, our kid problems. We just hold on inside. But this morning, it's time for you to come and stand before God and says, you know what, God? I'm giving it all to you. This man, Shammah, back then, stood in front of the field and protected his field against the Philistines. And I've got to do that within my life. I've let the Philistines come and partake of my, of my land. I let them come and trample my ground. And I haven't stood like I should. And this morning I want to come and says, Lord, here I am. Make me into the warrior. Make me into the warrior that you want me to be. If that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see the hands that are raised up. This morning, I'd like to, all those hands that were raised, I'd like for you to stand and come forward and just come to the front. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to ask you questions. I'm not gonna, we're not going to see what all the details within your life is. But God wants to do something special within your life. I will serve you. 